Welcome to the Leading Men Podcast. I'm your host, James Haley. This podcast is dedicated to helping Christian men become better leaders at home as well as in the church. Leading Men is a listener-supported podcast. This podcast has helped you. Please support us with a donation on our website at leadingmennow.com slash donate. My guest today is Terrell Munger, Senior Pastor of One Accord Ministries in Memphis, Tennessee, and the writer of the new stage play, Mr. Provider, premiering Father's Day weekend. This play tells the story and honors the men that are trying to get it right in life. Before we get to Terrell, I want to share one of my favorite resources for the week. Man in the Mirror is starting a new Bible study series titled Six Habits of Spiritually Happy Men. The first habit is spiritually happy men read the Bible regularly. According to Man in the Mirror, your life will never change in any significant way apart from regular study of God's Word. The link to this Bible study will be linked in our show notes on our website at leadingmennow.com. Now, let's talk about Mr. Provider. All right, welcome to the Leading Men Podcast. And today, I want to welcome author, songwriter, playwright, senior pastor of One Accord Ministries, Terrell. Terrell, welcome to the show. Man, glad to be here. That sounds like a lot of stuff. I do all that? <laughs> uh, probably more than that, but that's all I can get on my, my notes, my note card. Tell us about uh, Mr. Provider. Well, man, Mr. Provider is uh, really just an opportunity to, to talk about or show an example of men that are trying to get it right. You know, a lot of times we focus on guys that are not doing what they're supposed to do, who causing trouble. Uh, and putting so much focus on that, sometimes we overlook the men that are trying to get it right. You know, I, I went through this myself a while ago where I was trying to do all I can to please the person that I was with. And no matter what I did, uh, their attitude was, you're just doing what you're supposed to do. So what they did, it made me not even want to do that. And so it's not that uh, we have to over-exaggerate or over-celebrate those that are doing what they're supposed to do, but we at least need to acknowledge it to give them the encouragement to keep doing it. Is there anything specific in your life that inspired you to write this? Well, man, after the success of what we did with the play, Something She Can Feel, and everybody loved it. And so uh, everybody was saying, well, when are you going to talk about the man's point of view? When really I thought Something She Can Feel was about the man and the woman's point of view. So I actually started writing it. I started writing it for the men that, you know, take their kids to school to, you know, go to soccer practice, show up at school. And they take pride in doing it. They, they feel like that's what a man is supposed to do. Uh, but in doing so... Um, sometimes they overlook the fact that they are doing an exceptional exceptional job because there are people that are not doing what they're supposed to do. So I started writing a play, and I actually didn't write it uh, for any specific person or any specific reason. I just thought it was a funny story, and it was a necessary story. So when I started writing it and we started doing a casting call and things started coming together, uh, we had a couple of people in the leading role. And, you know, either they couldn't make themselves available or they weren't quite fitting it. So I said, you know what, I'll do it myself. And after I started acting in it and, and going through all the roles, I realized I was writing this almost about my life. And I was like, wow. So it felt so good. It was funny, but it was encouraging. It, it wasn't putting women down. It wasn't making people feel bad, but it was painting a picture of what goes on in the mind of a person that's trying to get it right, but it seems like no one notices that they're trying. You talk about 
men trying to get it right. Yeah. Where do, what, you know, as a pastor, you know, what do you think the church's role in helping men, quote, get it right? Well, one one of the things, and uh, we actually have a soundtrack that we're doing for the play, um, and it deals with a lot of things that men have going on in their head. Um, but one of the things I do in the soundtrack, and really one of the things I try to do in the play is paint the picture, there is no one way to be a man. I mean, Bill Gates doesn't teach the same thing that a construction worker teaches his child. A construction worker might teach his child, boy, you need to put your hand on some bricks if you're going to be a man. Well, Bill Gates doesn't teach his son that. He teaches his son about philanthropy. He teaches his son about managing money. So there's no one way to be a man. And what the uh, church can do a better role in is painting a picture of morals, responsibility, and honoring and celebrating the effort to please God first and the effort to do what is right in the eyes of men and in the eyes of the family and stop telling them what a man is. Boy, if you're going to be a man, you need to take over your house. What does that mean? You know, maybe your wife is better at managing the money. Let her do it. You know, uh, 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 maybe, you know, you can't reach your son in, in the way you want to. Maybe you need to bring in an uncle. Maybe Uncle Buck could tell the story a little better than you can. But it's just about doing what's best for the family and not trying to live up to some role that somebody else lives in. I mean, I mean, you know me, man, I'm always doing stuff. I always, you know, doing stuff with my kids. I'm writing plays. I'm writing books. I'm writing songs. What if I had to tell every other man? Well, if you're not doing this, you're not a man. Well, number one, they'll be insulted and be mad at me. But number two, it might make them feel insecure about who they are. No one performs at their best when they're insecure. They perform at their best when they're secure, when they're celebrated for their small steps. That's what I mean by trying. Trying is I'm going to do a little better today than I did yesterday. And I think we need to be honored for those efforts of trying to get that right. I saw your promotional video, and one of the things that was in there, who takes care of the man that takes care of everyone else? <laughs> what, what's the story? There? Why aren't men being taken care of? Yeah, well, and, and that, that's a thing, man. Um, a lot of times when you, when you want to be responsible uh, and you're used to being responsible, many times you, you don't even know how to articulate your own needs. Um, you want to say I'm doing this because of what I'm supposed to do, but if the if the children don't say thank you, if the wife doesn't say good job, if if no one pays attention, if someone on the outside starts seeing your efforts, we have a tendency to be drawn to giving our energy to those things that give energy back to us. And if the child isn't complimenting you, the wife isn't complimenting you, the people at church are not complimenting you, but here comes this little young lady in the office saying, I see you, you're working hard, you're doing your thing, look how your pants fit. And even though you don't want to, you start to want that energy. And you know, you'll, you'll put on your clothes in the morning and think about the last time she complimented you because that is the person that's giving energy to you. You'll start giving your effort towards what people have celebrated. And if the celebration is not coming from in the home, you get your validation outside of the home. So who takes care of that man that's paying the bills like he's supposed to, that's cutting the grass, that never complains, that, that does everything he's supposed to do, but then they look at it as he's just doing his part but who takes care of him? If someone in the home doesn't take care of him, 
It's a human nature. It's going to get taken care of somewhere. And if we're not careful, it'll put him in a position in a position where it can ruin the family. It can ruin his name. It can ruin his credibility. So we got to work hard to celebrate those that are doing what they're supposed to do or they'll mess around to have somebody taking care of them that doesn't have their best interests at heart and ruin the whole thing. Yeah, you definitely brought out a lot of good subjects about men and what they deal with. But, you know, most men are not emotional right you think they even aware of that they even need this right yeah um and and i would say that uh even though men are not good at expressing their emotions i think they feel them and that's one thing that get us in trouble um it would be nice and i wrote a book called the art of strategic conversation and i wrote that book on how to express your thoughts and views in different atmosphere and using the words that can be understood in that atmosphere well most men are not going to think they hard they they're going to say what they want to say and then it's shut down and once you shut a man down it's hard to open him back up if he says baby i really need more of your time and she said what do you mean i give you all my time my time spent to cooking my time spent to cleaning my time spent even if he wants your time he's not going to express it because it was met with attack and so he could want your time again but he won't say it because he got slapped on the hand last time you know and and a lot of women don't know to say baby what does that mean when you say you need my time what does that mean and a man doesn't know to say okay baby maybe i used the wrong words and so because of our inability to communicate with each other we're losing each other and i think we we feel but we have a, 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 a difficult time expressing what we feel. And this play that we're doing says it for them. I guarantee you, every man that comes to this play is going to want to take their elbow and nudge their wife in the side and say, baby, that's what I'm talking about right there. Because I tried to display the inner thoughts of the responsible man and articulate his views in such a way that it doesn't offend, but it enlightens. Tell me about some of the characters in the play. Yeah, well, one of one of my favorite characters is uh, the co-worker. Uh, Jeremy Ashton is the lead lead guy in the play. And Jeremy Ashton is that responsible guy, always doing what he's supposed to do. Um, but the young lady in the office has noticed what a lot of people have not noticed about him. And he's battling in his mind. But he has a co-worker at work named Tommy, who he's known since he was mentoring him in high school, giving him a job, and he works at his company with him. And Tommy starts to explain to him, hey, man, I see what you're doing, and I see what's going on, because Tommy is a divorce guy, and he really explains how men end up in a bad spot. He says it in a comical way and a funny way, but I love his character because he's saying, what a lot of men wish they could say. People are gonna laugh at it, but they will hear it. So that that's one of my favorite characters. Um, and Tammy, uh, she's a young lady who, uh, she's the best friend of the leading lady in the play. The leading lady is Sharon Ashton. That's Jeremy's uh, wife. And, and Sharon is used to Jeremy being what he's supposed to be, doing what he's supposed to do, handling things how he's supposed to handle it. And her friend is saying, hey, He's taking care of you, but are you taking care of him? And Sharon is unknowingly neglecting him. And see, sometimes rejection feels like being neglected. And if you're, if you're not paying attention to it, you'll give that neglecting feeling without even trying to. And her friend Tammy is 
kind of sharing some of her things. So all of the information in the play, it's funny, it's it's engaging, but it's real instructional as well. So those, those are probably my two favorite characters. Outside of one of the young kids that's in the play, he's funny too. So, yeah. Oh, man, I forgot to mention Charles Jr. Charles Jr. in the play. <laughs> That is the character that people are probably going to remember the most. He's funny. He's the typical. Everybody loves him. He's funny. But the Joker just doesn't want to do right. You know what I mean? And so it's kind of like the polar opposite. Charles Jr. is Jeremy Ashton's brother. But they're polar opposite. He's irresponsible. But he's funny. He's fun to be around. But Jeremy is our business. And the two contrasts really create an element in the play that I think is really going to engage people. Scriptures have several many examples of what a man's role should be in different aspects. Mm -hmm. Did you draw any inspiration from any particular scriptures? Yeah. Um, well, well, one of the things that I thought about in the play as it pertains uh, to the Bible was the aspect of uh, a man. I mean, how, how they should leave and cleave. I, I talk about that aspect, but in the leaving and the cleaving, one of the things that I don't think is expounded on as much is once you leave that family and cleave to each other, you have to create another atmosphere and you have to protect that atmosphere. And that and it was mentioned in the Garden of Eden, even though they had the euphoric situation. The atmosphere was not protected and the snake creeped in. So in the play, we kind of talk about how if you're going to build a healthy relationship, you have to build healthy people around you because at your weakest moments, those around you become your strongest voice. And if you're at your weak moment and you have a crazy voice in your ear, it can destroy your Garden of Eden. So we kind of kind of deal with that in the play. Uh, once I've once everybody's seen the play, what are a couple of points you want people to make sure they've gotten from the play or learn, lessons learned? What are a couple of things you want to make sure when I walk away from this play and leave, what is what do you want to stick with? Want to stick with me? Okay, the the one thing that I want everybody to walk away with is and and it kind of goes into it in the play, so I won't go into too much. Just because you have a responsible man that's doing what he's supposed to do. He's paying the bills. He's coming home. He's having, you know, intimate relations with his wife. Doesn't mean he's happy. His heart can leave the house years before his body does. He, he could have just bought you roses for your birthday and three days later leave. And you don't know why. That's because he was doing what was responsible. Good men can do what is responsible and still be unhappy. And that's why it's hard to detect. If, if, if you don't engage him emotionally and engage him in conversation, you leave an opportunity for his heart to leave the house. And if his heart and his head leaves the house, his body is going to leave soon. And you got to pay attention to those signs and not think that just because he sat down and ate dinner with you, just because he bought you chocolate covered strawberries, that he's happy. You have to ask every now and then, baby, what do you need? Especially if he seems like the type of person he doesn't need much. I've heard several stories from people who are now divorced. And, and the woman will say, you know what, 
I don't know what happened. The man just said, I don't want to be married anymore, as yeah. if it was a spur of the moment decision. I think what you're saying is that's not really a spur of the moment decision. Right. That's been brewing for maybe years. Right. They've been going through the motions, doing what they're supposed to do, doing what they're supposed to do, and they just had enough and they just that was the point when they walked out. And that is exactly what happened. And you know, and it's not a slight on the woman. You can be a good woman. You can you can be a great woman. But without giving the celebratory moments that a man needs, you can lose them. And I'm not just saying you got to be, ooh, baby, you came home. Yes, throw a party. You came home. I'm not talking about that. But when you see him going out his way, man, baby, you were tired. And you still stopped and got us some sodas and brought it to the house. Baby, I just want you to know I appreciate you. That doesn't cost much. But he may just say, well, thank you, baby. But you better believe he's thinking in his head, she notices me. She knows I'm here. She knows my effort. But if if he come home with the sodas and your only response is, all you got was Coke, you didn't get no sun kiss? What a sun kiss at? It's registering in his mind. No matter what I do, the worst thing that you can do for a man is keep moving the finish line on him. If he's running, at least let him cross the finish line. Celebrate him in between races, and he'll run harder for you the next time. But if there is no finish line, if he come home with you something to eat, and you say, how come you ain't getting no fries? Every time you do that, you're taking a piece of him. You're taking a piece of him. You're taking a piece of him. And then one day he comes home and he says, you know what? I don't want to do this no more. And, that, and that's the challenge in it. Or else he goes to get a loaf of bread and never comes back. <laughs> and that and that's an Im- important thing that it's not that you have to throw a party, but every now and then just say, baby, I see you trying. Thank you. Even if it's not purse, even if he did forget to take out the trash, even if you had to remind him the one time that he did, Baby, I see you trying. Thank you. And that fills them back up. How can people see the play? Well, uh, it's going to be at the Cannon Center. Um, it's going to be June 18th at 6 o'clock p.m. Um, and it's going to, that's Father's Day weekend. And what I am hoping is that everybody brings their fathers, their sons, uh, and as a family, come see the dynamics of the Ashton family. Jeremy Ashton, Sharon, Sharon Ashton, and their kids. Come see the dynamics of this family, and I believe it'll speak life into your family. So once again, that's June 18th. You can go to uh, www.mr-provider.com. That's mr provider.com or you can go to Ticketmaster get your ticket I'm telling you this is going to be an investment that is going to really bring forth fruit in your family and you want to see this play how can people follow you if they want to know more about you uh well of course uh on all of on Facebook on um Twitter on Instagram everything I am Terrell Munger that's what it is Terrell Munger type that in google it if you have to you'll see you know uh, the soundtrack videos you'll see the website you'll see everything google Terrell Munger and it'll take you everywhere you need to go but on, on Facebook Terrell Munger Twitter Terrell Munger Instagram Terrell Munger haven't gotten into the snapchat and all that as you can see I've been kind of busy but <laughs> I'll jump into it one day but people outside of Memphis, would there be any opportunities for them to see the play? 
Absolutely. We're already in talks right now with the uh, Nashville market, uh, the Baton Rouge market, the Atlanta market. Um, and we're, we're putting together a, a tour for uh, the summer, fall uh, timeline to really try to get this story out. Um, I'm, I'm expecting to get a lot of great footage from the Father's Day showing of it because of the significance. We, we know not much happens on Father's Day. You know, you might get a tie. That looked like the one you got last year that they bought on your credit card. You know, but that's about it. But this is an opportunity to celebrate the men. Um, and the reason I thought this was important, TDJ said something that was so awesome. He said, um, when Father's Day come, he said, at the most, you'll get the big piece of chicken. He said, that's how they celebrate us when we stay, but they curse us when we leave. And I just thought those words just rung in my head that if if women knew and, I, and I'm not saying I'm trying to teach women something or trying to tell you how you need to do it. But if you only understood how much just a little celebration would make a good man run for you. I'm not talking about the dude that cheated on you. I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the dude that don't want to do right. I don't want you to look at the woman you had to be with the type of man you didn't want. I want you to look at the type of woman that you need to be for the type of man you do want. And this play really digs into that. All right, Terrell. Thanks for all that. We appreciate you having me on the show. Hey, man. Excited. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to what you're doing with your show, brother. Thank you. That was Terrell Munger, writer of the new stage play, Mr. Provider. Please support Terrell and the play by purchasing a ticket and visiting the website, www dot mr dash provider dot com that's www mr dash provider dot com please follow us on facebook and twitter at leading men now that's at leading men now thank you for listening and please share the podcast with others thanks <laughs>